Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Hope everybody is staying safe out there. Thanks so much for checking out the GM Shuffle. You know me and Michael Lombardi love the Sopranos like nobody's business. Thank you so much to all the tweets we got, Instagram posts. People really loved all the quotes we were saying from Uncle Junior. So let's keep the quotes going. We've done our favorite Sopranos episodes. We've done quotes from Uncle Junior. This time, Polly Walnuts quotes. That's right. The world don't run on love. <laughs> Plus, lots of NFL conversation. What about Washington? Should they change their nickname? Plus, Patrick Mahomes got paid. But guess what? Ten-year deal, north of four. That means he's not going to stay there. We'll explain what that means when it comes to past history. But Mike, Hamilton is on Disney+. Plus. It's the greatest musical of all time. It costs you an arm and a leg to go see it on Broadway. But now with Disney+, Plus, you can see it. And Lin-Manuel Miranda, say this for a lot of things. You can look at hyperbole and people hype things up. That guy is a true artistic genius. This is a work of art, what he did, taking history, melding it to hip-hop, black and hip-hop actors, uh, Latino actors. It's amazing. I know you wrote about it in The Athletic. I wrote about it on The Daily Coast. But I mean, it's really the greatest powerful tool If any coach listening to this is how he took a book that Ron Chernow, who's won Pulitzer Prize for writing the history of George Washington and other things. And he took that book and he turned it into something where kids actually crave to learn. I mean, I don't go a day when someone doesn't, you know, I see somebody wearing a Hamilton shirt or somebody, you know, with Hamilton. And and when I went to go see it, I mean, I had great seats and I was in the first row of the upper deck in that small theater. So I was looking, I was mesmerized. And when King George came out and he actually, like, I was just mesmerized by the dance and by all. And then I felt like I, I learned a lot about Hamilton. And I mean, that to me is the greatest lesson of Hamilton is you should, as teachers, we got to change the way we teach. And if I urge anybody, there's a video by Sir Kenneth Robinson it's on RSA Animated, and I'll tweet the link on Twitter, but it's one of the greatest videos you could ever watch. It's about why our kids in today's age are not learning and why it's a struggle for everybody to learn things based on the way we teach, because we're teaching based on the industrial age of the past and not based on the entrepreneurial age that we live in today. I'm reading David Epstein's book, Range, which I believe you've read or you know about it. You know, the whole theory of the more range you have in life, the more well-versed you are in different subjects, the more well-off you'll be. You're very much like that. You read about lots of different things, lots of things interest you. Lin-Manuel Miranda is like that as well. There's a quote that he says in the book. It says, I have a lot of apps open in my brain. People like that who are interested in lots of things, who are curious about lots of things, that can only lead well in life. You know, you think about increased specialization. Look at football. You think, all right, I just need a left tackle. Just protect the quarterback's blind side. That's all your job is. Do that day in, day out. But in life, the more the more widely uh, researched you are, the more well-read you are, the more knowledgeable you are, the better chance you have for success. And I agree with you. The, the most amazing thing about Hamilton is this. He's taking elements that you wouldn't think fit together, hip-hop and American history, and somehow... He not only makes it, as you said, educational and knowledgeable, but it's damn entertaining. You're singing the songs afterwards. The room where it happened is John Bolton's book. Like it's a, it's a, it's become a part of pop culture. I just don't know how he did it. It's amazing. It really is. I, I mean, and when you think about it, Alexander Hamilton's on the ten dollar bill, and yet we don't know anything about him. You know, we know he fought with Aaron Burr over what we're not sure of. You know, who paid attention in that class? Like I'm falling asleep. But I, I think if you don't. 
if you don't try to, this is where I think football coaches make a huge mistake or basketball coaches or any coach is they limit themselves to, I get asked quite often, what's the best football book you read? What's the best basketball book you read? Well, like right now I'm reading, I'm rereading Master of the Senate by Robert Carroll because today, the world we live in today with everything that's going on, you you should understand how the Senate operates and how powerful the Senate is. And you should read the Carroll and the Civil Rights by Lyndon Johnson. You really need to do that. I'm also, I just ordered a couple books on Jackie Gleason because I became, because when you read things, you become obsessed with different people. And the more you learn about different people, it A, it helps me to write The Daily Coach. It also helps me to learn as I'm writing this new book about the things that people do that make them successful. And I and I think Lynn Miranda, I was I was doing, watching I, I subscribed to Masterclass online, and I was listening to Aaron Sorkin talk about how he does it. And the way Manuel describes it with having a bunch of things open in your brain is really how you write the best, because you, you can't just think of something and write it. You got to let it stew in your mind for a long time. And as it stews, it becomes better. And eventually, when it gets to paper, it, it'll be really good. But if you should start writing without thinking about it, it never turns out. I can imagine that Sorkin masterclass is awfully special because you know what a great writer he is. And let me know about those Jackie Gleason books. To the Moon, Alice. I mean, the great one. He is one of the all-time greats. There's no question about it. Speaking of the great ones, Patrick Mahomes gets paid. All right, we all know he's going to get paid, right? But how about the nunny? 10-year extension worth $477 million can reach up to 503. Say, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me the guaranteed money. 141.4 million injury guaranteed. CBS Sports' Jason Lacanfora reports Mahomes' 10-year extension will be guided by a mechanism that ensures the quarterback's annual salary never drops below certain cap thresholds. In other words, it will always be above a certain percentage of the NFL salary cap. The rumor before, Mike, from Lacanfora was he was going to get at least $40 million a season. Well, now it could be $50 million a season. For perspective on other guys, Russell Wilson was was the league's highest paid quarterback at 35 million. Roethlisberger at 34. Rodgers at 33 and a half. Jared Goff hysterically at 33 and a half. Kirk Cousins at 33. Carson Wentz at 32. Simply on paper, Mike, I see those numbers and I say, this is a giant overpay, no? Well, I don't think you can ever overpay a great player. I think the mistake in, in, in sports is we overpay for mediocrity. We over we can't separate between what's good and what's great. Mahomes is great. You could have paid Mahomes 50 a year. He's going to be worth it. The problem is, is how much he takes away from everybody else. And I think the, the one thing about these mega deals is they have tentacles attached to them. So they have t- a tentacle attached to the, to the Chiefs presently which we're going to discuss. They have a tentacle attached to the Raiders and the conference. We'll discuss. They have tentacles attached to the the league, to the draft, and the other contracts that are coming up. Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson. We'll discuss. It has tentacles to my man, MVP Mitch, because we can now define what that deal is. So let's start right there, AD, with the one tentacle of how this impacts the Chiefs. And I think it impacts them in twofold, right? So they've got Tyreek Hill signed to a contract till 2022. They've got Travis Kelsey signed to 21. Really, they don't have anybody else. I mean, they've got Eric Fisher, who's probably overpaid, not a great left tackle, Mitch Schwartz. I mean, they've got, they're going to have to rebuild their offensive line. They are going to have to hit with draft picks. The days of them going out there and signing Frank Clark and trading an asset for him are over. The days of them spending money for a Sammy Watkins at $16 million, making him probably over. 
So they're going to have to utilize the draft. They're going to have to bargain shop, and they're going to have to utilize Andy Reid's skill as an evaluator and a developer of talent within his scheme to really come through. Now, they got to sign Chris Jones, but I think that, that where they are now with this 10-year contract, I think it puts them in, in pretty good shape. The other thing is, it's as you know from doing baseball, I don't think this money is going to spoil Mahomes. I think he's going to be the same guy. I think he's going to operate as if nothing changed. To that point, I, I immediately think of baseball because some of these long-term deals are horrible, right? Albert Pujols, 10-year deal, the Angels, awful. Miguel Cabrera, eight-year deal, the Tigers, bodies breaking down. But Max Scherzer pitched the Nationals to a World Series. They had not done this ever. And so seven years to 10, at the time, you go $30 million to a starting pitcher. You go, yeah, that's a steal because Scherzer did what you needed him to do. He's been an absolute horse. And to your point, whatever the money is, if a guy is truly a competitor, if you know his makeup, if you know Max Scherzer or Patrick Mahomes, you know, yeah, the money's nice, but it's not what's motivating them. I mean, Mahomes' numbers, he's only been the Chiefs starting quarterback in 2018. You forget these things, how short it's been. Over the past two years, he's completed 66% of his passes, 76 touchdowns, 18 picks. This past playoff, 10 touchdowns against two interceptions. Those are excellent numbers, but they're only going to get better. And what's going to happen is that, like you said, if you can support him well, the window becomes very strong of, let's say, the next five years specifically. Here's my next point, which I want you to touch on, which is this. The 10-year deal. You could almost guarantee, Mike, he's not going to finish it. Other long-term deals in NFL history. Donovan McNabb, 12-year deal, the Eagles in 02, $115 million, didn't stay there. Brett Favre, lifetime contract with the Packers in 01. Drew Bledsoe, 10 years, 103 with the Pats. Michael Vick, 10-year, 130 with the Falcons in 04. Dante Culpepper, 10-year, 102 with the Vikings. I know this feels like he's going to be a chief forever, but just by the logic of past quarterbacks, you almost say he's not going to be with Kansas City forever. Yeah, I mean, and look, you, you obviously history is on the side that it doesn't matter, but each one of those are unique. You know what's funny when you read that list? Andy Reid is responsible for two of those 10-year contracts. Contracts, McNabb and now Mahomes. You know, he's responsible for both. But the kind of kid I think Mahomes is separates him. You know, Drew Bledsoe got, he got basically the Wally Pipped. I mean, you know, there comes, here comes Tom Brady. And the next thing you know, I mean, Brady lasted 16 years at the, 19 years at the Patriots. I think it's doable, boy. I do. I think it's doable. I think, I think there's going to have to be a lot of adjustments. Now, the reality of it is, is when they lose a Tyreek Hill or they lose some of the skill and they don't replenish him, it can cause some friction between. The other factor, I think, in terms of the length, is what are they going to do with Andy Reid? And they should extend it. Andy Reid's 62 years old. He's got another good six or eight years left in him to coach. If if they love Biennemi, then they should offer Biennemi the chance in waiting to see if he's the guy. Biennemi could wait six years, could wait seven years. If if not, they'll lose Biennemi next year, certainly to another team. But who they want to be the next guy, that to me is the next question they have to answer. If I'm Clark Hunt, if I'm Brett Veach, I, would, I want Andy Reid to be part of this decision because I want Andy Reid to spend as much time with the guy who's going to be the next head coach of the Chiefs in 10 years, eight years, to make sure that we don't change anything, that the Mahomes system is in place and they understand the origin of how it goes. Because remember this, when Mahomes starts, this will be his third year as a starter, where he's going to seven years from now, the offense is going to look dramatically different. And, and there's going to be a bunch of changes that have gone through. And if you're part and understand those changes as they go through, you'll be able to understand what Mahomes wants. If you come in in year seven like LaFuck does up in Green Bay, 
you have really no idea what's going on, right? You have no idea what's going on with 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 Aaron Rodgers. You've never been a part of the Aaron Rodgers metamorphosis of how he's been trained. I think that's as important as anything. It's amazing to think how long Big Red's been around. Andy Reid is 62, and you're right. You say, okay, five more years, maybe, but I don't know. He's 62. I mean, who knows how many more years? He has the inkling to do it, et cetera. And Eric Bieniemy, to your point, if he doesn't get snatched up in the next year, then there's a problem with sleeping with Bieniemy Because you go, hang on a second. This is this prolific offense. If this is any other team, this offensive coordinator is getting snatched up. So that does uh, worth looking at. The other part of this, of course, is when a guy gets signed, and generally speaking, Mike, I think in American society, whatever your job is, I, I don't care, day trader, laborer, accountants, if one guy's getting paid, well, theoretically, that should lift everybody up. So, hey, if this guy's getting, it's not like he's getting all the money for everybody. If you go, hey, that's what this position is worth, the position becomes worth more. What does this mean for Dak Prescott? Just signed the franchise tag with Dallas, over $30 million, and Deshaun Watson, the Texans can still pick up his fifth-year option for the 2021 season? Well, I think Deshaun will get done in the next two weeks. I think once this contract gets filed to the league office and then the Chiefs can actually read it, because Lee Steinberg is one of the great salesmen of all time, you know, and the numbers were thrown around, you know, and the deals were thrown around until somebody reads that contract and puts their fingers in the pie. You really don't know. And Lee's job is to promote it, right? Lee wanted to get over that half a half a 500 number so he could say it's a half a billion. You know, and so we'll see exactly what it comes out to. I mean, a week from now, there'll be some numbers that kind of corrects it. But now that that deal is going to go in, the, the Texans can sit down and say, OK, here's where we are. Look, Deshaun, he's won a Super Bowl. You have it. You know, he's going to be your main competitor for the next five years. You know, we're prepared to play you. We traded Deshaun Hop. We traded DeAndre Hopkins away. We're going to pay you. Here it's going to be 41, 42. What is it going to be? Somewhere in there over eight years. Maybe we'll do less years, not more years. And, and I think that's the easy one. The hard one is Dak Prescott. And we have said this on this program so many times. Todd France was never doing a deal with the Cowboys because he was waiting for Mahomes and Watson's deal to come through because he knew water would seek its level. He knew that that deal would rise him up, even though he's not better than Russell Wilson, even though he's not better than Aaron Rodgers. It doesn't matter when it comes to contracts. He now is going to say, look, you're, I'm not $10 million less than Patrick Mahomes. I mean more to you than anybody. I'll just play this tag game. And now Todd France can tell Jerry Jones no easier. No, Jerry, that's not good enough. No, Jerry, that's not good enough. You know, Todd France wants, he wants two, he wants a four-year deal and another four-year deal. You know, Jerry just got a 10-year deal come through. So I think this one's going to be harder to do unless the Cowboys just decide, you know what, we're going to pay them $40 million a year and live with it. If they do that, it's going to hurt their team. Let us know what you think. I think it's a bit of an overpay for uh, Mahomes. Mike says, you know what, you can never overpay for greatness. Tweet us, let us know. Follow at M Lombardi NFL, which is the same as his Instagram handle. You can follow me, Adnan S. Verk. You can also follow us on our Instagram page, at the GM Shuffle and respond also to what Mike said about uh, Deshaun Watson. Next two weeks, it's going to get done. You agree or disagree, tweet us and let us know. When we come back, the future of the 2020 preseason and what it means for teams around the league. Plus, a mounting campaign from companies like Nike and FedEx could see the Washington Redskins change their name. Mike and I discuss next. All right, anytime you're on the golf course, you always hear the phrase, hit it long and hit it straight. Well, as somebody who's a novice to the game of golf, a new person, I wanted to make sure I had the best equipment possible. So... 
as a novice golfer, I went and hit up our friends over at PXG because they have an all-new driver called the Black Ops. I mean, my man Chris over in Henderson has hooked me up with a phenomenal driver that's built to my game, my new game that doesn't really do much of anything on the course, but it has what I need in terms of the club head speed and the kind of grip that I need to go out there and be the best to my ability. I mean, this is music to ears to any golfer, whether you're a novice like myself or if you've been playing the game for decades. The PXG Black Ops driver is a breakthrough in driver technology. It's a complete and total victory in golf club engineering unlike anything you've ever seen before. Black Ops drivers are adjustable to deliver a combined MOI of 10,000 plus for unreal forgiveness. That's just ridiculously high. So what you got to do, go check out the PXG Black Ops driver. You'll be as impressed with it as I am. Learn more and get free shipping on all equipment at pxg.com slash gmshuffle and use code gmshuffle at checkout. That's pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle for free shipping on all equipment, pxg.com slash gmshuffle, code gmshuffle. NFL going to reduce the preseason schedule from four games per team to two games per team, according to Pro Football Talk. So they expect training camps to start on time. It's always in late July. This is going to give the players a little bit of ramp up period to action after their offseason workout program. So normally it's obviously weeks one, two, three, four. Week three is the one you normally look at. Most of the starters get some action there. Nobody plays in week four. Well, this way, it's going to allow for weeks two and three to be moved to three and four for a normal on-time start. My first thought, Mike, was this. Hey, that's a half measure. Like, I like the fact you're not willing to scrap it right away, four to two. But my guess is four to two is going to end up being zero. You? You know, I think so. I think the, look, here's what I think the NFL owners are really nervous about. They're nervous about kicking that ball off on opening day. And all the veteran players in the league's contracts will be guaranteed based on the collective bargaining agreement. And if they start, they don't want to stop, you know? And because of the way this has kind of risen in most towns, in most states, maybe not New Jersey and New York and Connecticut, because we're still kind of amped down, but certainly in Florida, Texas, and California, you know, I think that there's a reluctance to start this. And I think playing games will only, and I've maintained this all along, playing games will only cause that. They've built the schedule, as we all know, they built the schedule so it can go from 16 to 10 if they need to, it can go from 16 to 12 if they need to. And I think that they need to find a way to get everybody into the, what they call the bubble, and then live in that bubble for a little bit and see if they can actually start the season. And there's going to be ups and downs. They're going to have to handle the roster inter- interchanging because let's face it, you know, you're going to have to make rosters bigger. You're going to have to allow guys to come off and on the roster with with regularity because of the virus. You know, what happens if you lose four offensive linemen on the Thursday before a game, you know? And you're just going to have to find four new offensive linemen. So I, I do think that the preseason is certainly in jeopardy. I think they want to go two weeks. The players are going to have a hard time with that. They've got to sell the players on that because the players, I think the players want to do as little practice as possible and just start playing games. And and all, everybody's going to bitch about how bad the games are in, the, in September. 
But this is this is the collective bargaining agreement that we're living with. That's what the owners negotiated and the players want. They want very little activity in the offseason, and they don't want to have to really do what they have to do to get ready to play football. I think that's going to be the way it goes. That's interesting. So you think if the players, you ask the majority of them, they'd rather say, hey, forget about going extended practices. We'd rather play a couple of games, whereas the owners maybe are more skittish about actually playing games. They're really scared because once that game starts, once that Saturday before the opening kickoff and guys who have four or more years in the league, they become vested. Their, their contracts are guaranteed. You know, and so, and there's no, I don't think there's a, a indemnity clause where if the catastrophe happens, they don't get paid. So, you know, they're, they're going to they're gonna have to play it. And then what happens if they can't? You know, they're already going to take a $6 billion hit on the, on the no fans in the stadium. So I, I think this is a really serious situation. I don't think the owners – I think the owners in April were confident we were definitely going to play. But as we've seen in America how this pandemic hasn't really slowed, even though we've seen a reduce in deaths, it hasn't been as bad in deaths – but we've seen the cases rise, and the players are concerned. I mean, look, we see the NBA players opt out. Baseball, Mike Trout's not even – he may opt out. So I think it's a, there's a long way to go, and there's not been a lot of communication between the league and the teams because I think there's nothing to say. But I do think this. I think camps will start on time, whether they're on the practice field or not. I don't know. Remains to be seen because, as you said, the virus doesn't care. They've, the virus has a deadline all of its own, and you're right. With baseball, they're going to just hope it's a it's a sprint, not a marathon. Let's just get the 60 games in at the playoffs and go. With regards to the NFL, hey, let's scrap a couple of preseason games. Let's just hopefully start the season because the last thing like you want, as you said, is any sort of interruption. There may be an interruption in the nation's capital when it comes to their nickname. Long controversial, the Washington Redskins. I remember discussing this years ago, Mike, uh, when I was at ESPN Radio, and people said, okay, they don't like the name, et cetera. And there was always this poll being thrown about it that Native Americans aren't offended by it, they take pride in it, et cetera. And yet there was always this undercurrent to make change it, and Dan Satter seemed to be the one who was the most obstinate, the one who was the most stubborn and said, no, we're not changing it. We got a history. It's the name, blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. What does change come from? Money. 87 investment firms wrote letters to Nike, PepsiCo, and FedEx asking corporations to end their affiliation with the Washington football team. Those firms are reportedly worth $620 billion, and that has sparked plenty of conversation on a potential name change. I saw the story, Mike, about the name potentially being looked at. And I said, okay, I've heard this story before. And we all know what this country is going through in terms of a heightened sense of racial sensitivity and listening to minority groups and what's right, what is wrong. But I must tell you, I'm curious for your take. I was surprised when I saw Schefter immediately tweet, it's likely they're going to change it. Uh, Before we get into what's right or what's wrong, I'm just surprised it seems like it's more likely they're going to change it, considering how stubborn they've been about sticking to this nickname. Yeah, I I mean, look, uh, someone sent me this quote by Lennon, and I think it applies. There are decades where nothing happens, and then there are weeks where decades happen. And I think that applies here to the Redskins. Uh, you know, this has been going on, and Dan has done what Dan typically does, stick his nose in the air and has it engaged. I mean, if you own the Redskins and you you know the name's insensitive, don't you try to find someone like Florida State has through the Seminole Tribe and say, look, we want to use your name, you know, and we'll reward you for it. We'll help as long as you're okay with it. And there's been no effort to coordinate. It's just been a straight capital N-O. And now, you know, look, there's a lot of reasons for not wanting 
to be a minority partner in the Redskins, starting with Dan Snyder. I mean, he, he's really in, he's not very he truly defines the Dunning Kruger effect. He's in a job that he has no really business being in, even though he's a multi billionaire. You know, he he can't you know he kept the punter around for nine years, even though he was a disaster. I mean, my dog Bellick would knew that that GM was never going to be able to make a good pick, and. You know, and now with this name, it's just been horrible. He brought he brings no one in to help him manage the PR, the damage control. And now he's stuck with he's got one of the sacred friends. He's had George Preston Marshall's name up there for years and he knows and, and finally he took it down. Like at some point, when do you become aware? That that's the thing that drives me crazy. All these senators that 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 I'm reading the book, The Master of the Senate, all these senators that are on their high horses. Uh, that are talking about Black Lives Matter and we've got to stop racial injustice and we have to do They go to work every day in the Richard Russell building. There could not have been a bigger racist than Richard Russell. There could not have been. Every civil rights bill was blocked by him and his Southern constituents. So, you know, actions speak louder than words, you know? And, you know, all these senators, they go to, they're in the Richard Russell building, A.D., you can't, you can't have a more, if you talk about, it, and if you're not aware of your own surroundings, how can you, and that's Dan Snyder. He's never aware of it, you know, and, and I'm not sure what name they pick because I mean, I would have, I love the, the helmet, just like the Blackhawks. I think the Blackhawks uniform are beautiful. I asked somebody at the Blackhawks the other day, are you getting any, any heat from this? And they said, we haven't gotten it yet. We may have to change our uniform, but we do have some form of partnership with the Blackhawks. I don't know what that means. But, you know, I would think that, you know, the Redskin R helmet would have to come back this year, even if they don't change the name, even if he waits because they have that helmet in place. To your point about being aware of your surroundings, I was listening to Joe Buck's podcast. Charles Barkley was a guest and Barkley quoted Muhammad Ali. And he said, if you're the same person at 20, when you're 50, then you're not living. Like, you know, you have to grow as a person, right? You should not be the same person. You should open your mind, expand your horizons. Opinions should change. And so maybe if somebody's 20 and they say, okay, well, Redskins is the name. What's the big deal? When you go older, you say, listen, if this is offensive to somebody, if there's uh, groups are being alienated by, if the etymology of the word is just not right in 2020, then yeah, change it. And that's always been my belief. If It's not like it's such a great name that we have to keep it. If it's offending people, if it's offensive Native Americans, like I said, the etymology of it, the root of it, then change it. What it gets interesting is you see these options. The ones that are ridiculous, the Trumps are 500 to one. The snowflakes are 500 to one. The- <laughs> I mean, you know, when I saw that, I thought of Curb, your enthusiasm, when Larry wears the Trump hat, like just to get out of things. Like <laughs> That was a great episode, LD. Like somebody had to put that, like I'm going to put the Trump that on so I don't have to go meet Phil. I have to go meet uh, somebody loves Phil. You know, we need to review somebody loves like uh, that guy could be the most annoying person on television. Uh, have you ever watched that show? Oh yeah. I love Kirby enthusiasm. Somebody feed right. Phil? I have a friend of mine who can't watch it because he goes, God, Larry David seems like such a prick. I go, no, but that's what makes him so great. He, you know, we're in a pandemic. He's been socially distancing for years. I love Larry David. I'm talking about that Phil Rosenthal guy. He's a Hofstra graduate, by the way. Oh yeah. Yeah. The writer. Yeah. yeah, yeah everybody yeah. Like, loves like at some point, like he is so annoying. I mean, like, I don't know how anybody watches somebody feed Phil, his facial expressions after he eats or anyway, I don't know how he got <laughs> off that. But when I saw the Trumps on the list, I'm like, that had somebody had to put that in there. So Right. Another option, the Hogs are at 50 to 1. I'll give you the top three that I like. The Generals are 4 to 1. I mean, the Washington Generals, right? You and I love basketball. The Washington Capitals, I, I listen, I prefer the hockey team have that, but the Capitals, fine. T-O-L-S at 9 to 1. And here's the one I like. 
the Washington monuments, because you could just call them the monuments men. They'd be better than the George Clooney movie. You'd say, okay, it's the monuments and the eagles, the monuments men against the birds. Here we go. I like it. Noah Snyder, he's going to want to have something in there. I, I, I could see Red Tail or, or Red Hawks or Reg. Like for me, you know, if, if, if then go to the, go to the Comanches, get to there and see if you can make a deal with them and say, listen, I will pay for, I want to use your name with your blessing and I will pay for the, will be the Washington Comanches. I want to use your likeness. I want to promote your tribe. I'll give you, you know, I'll pay X amount of revenue to do that. I have a feeling that that's what Snyder is going to want to do because I don't think he's going to want to lose the element of some form of Indian tribe, but he's going to have to get his blessings just like Florida State has. You know, Florida State has done that. That is true. Uh, One more story before we get to the fun stuff and great quotes from Polly Walnuts. Uh, This goes in line with, again, racial sensitivity, being aware of your surroundings and not being an idiot. Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson, widely condemned for posting anti-Semitic quotes he attributed to Hitler on Instagram. He cited Adolf Hitler as a source of anti-Semitic text, but it's more likely to have come from the book Jerusalem by Deneen Barnett. And another Instagram post, he blacked out much of that offensive text and wrote this, point to only one portion of the screed about a plan for world dominion. Apparently, as evidence, he's not anti-Semitic. He did uh, put a message on board afterwards, and the Eagles said they've spoken to him and told him that the messages he shared were offensive, harmful, and absolutely appalling. Mike, if you're going to have any sort of quotes, what in the world in today's age do you think, oh, here's a quote from Hitler, that's really going to resonate today? Especially since the man who owns your team is Jewish. Especially the man who's paying your paychecks is Jewish. You know, I'm not saying it's right whether he, where Jeff Lurie was, was, if Jeff Lurie was Italian, it's not right. But my point is, this shows you how lack of aware people are when they hit the send button. You know, his general manager is Jewish. Like this, the guy that signed him to his contract is Jewish. It just shows you how unaware people are. And I think it's a problem. I think we need to, we need, there needs to be more training. Look, it's freedom of speech. You can do whatever you want in terms of your freedom of speech. But when you do, when you cross certain lines that affect you, obviously this is tremendously like, are you thinking this through? You know, I always told my boys all the time, think three times before you do something. We need to get some people to start thinking twice, let alone three times. No doubt about it. Jackson showing a picture of text detailing a conspiracy theory about a Jewish plot to oppress African-Americans. Deshaun Jackson just uh, clearly was not thinking straight. Coming up next, a guy who always gave us a lot of wisdom. The best Pauly Walnuts quotes of all time. Don't go anywhere. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, the second round of the playoffs have been absolutely phenomenal, and if you really like a team, you can bet on them for the futures market, maybe some conference finals MVPs as the conference finals approach, or how about NBA finals MVP? And if you're new to DraftKings, you got to check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, last week, in case you're new to the GM Shuffle, we're obsessed with The Sopranos, and we gave the best quotes of Uncle Junior. Now we're going to look at some of the quotes of Pauly Walnuts, Tony Sirico, who actually, I don't know if he's a made guy, but Mike, he spent some time in prison in his life, so he knows his way around the block. Uh, my first one that I love is, I guess you could call that a dick, which is in reference to Christopher when he sees him stripped down because they want to make sure that he's not carrying anything he shouldn't be. The look on his face, the way he says, I guess you could call that a dick. I mean, that is perfect Paulie Walnut's intonation and delivery. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, Paulie is such a character in the sense that, remember, he loves to repeat his jokes twice. Hey, Casil, did you hear what I said? You know, Tony, did you hear what I said? <laughs> and, and, you know, again, for me, all the good jokes, all the good lines that he has uh, are ones that you find yourself using in a daily life. Like I, my buddy Bill lives around the corner. I'll always send him a, t- when I think he's a little mushad, you know, when he's a little bit grumpy, I'll send him a text. Don't get cunty with me, you know, cause I think it's the greatest line of Paulie. I think it's the greatest line when he says it when they're, when they're both there. And then, uh, you know, I should have fucked Dale Evans. I mean that the pine barons, I think might've been his fi- finest hour when it, when Chrissy's saying, do you think he's still out there? He's going to come after us. And Paulie says, what with his cock? <laughs> it's just funny when he does it, you know, you know, it's really funny how he does it. uh, You know, remember when pussy got his back checked out and he took him to the doctor, you know, who this Jonas socks of backs. Like, I mean, it's just so good. How about the, I'd love to hear your commentary on the whole, remember the shoelace when he's up there washing his hands at the club, they're all having pasta. You can see the pasta on the table. You can see the insulata. You can see the salad on the table. The meatballs are in another plate. It's so perfect. So it's such a perfect Italian table. You know, you can see all that. And then he's talking about how he hates shoelaces because his fingertips, because all the the pee on them. And, you know, you can eat maple walnut ice cream off a woman's lady room. I mean, seriously. <laughs> That's another great line. Maybe Walden Ice Cream is so good. Even how about Juan Valdez has been separated from his donkey? You know what I mean? Like he's, he's a smart enough guy to know Juan Valdez and he incorporates it in a way that, you know, it's applicable to the situation. How about a, a very simple one, but a great one? Before and way before. Yeah, when he sees the two fat, when he sees Bobby and, and Vito standing next to before, you know, and he, and he does it. And, you know, I mean, I think Pauly, you know, Pauly for me, I wish Pussy would have stayed more because I thought Pussy had some great lines in just the two years that he was there. But Pauly could somewhat be so damn annoying. And I think it was that annoying and that 
you know, that lack, that always looking out after Paulie. You know, like he was always, when he was trying to smooze up to Johnny Sack, you know, for a smart guy, he always got buffaloed. You know, New York, you know, uh, Carmine asks about you all the time. That's all you had to do is throw one little crumb to Paulie and you had him on the line every time. A uh, few more for you. And this is one that, again, as you said, it's quotable and it's philosophical. Snakes been fucking themselves long before Adam and Eve. <laughs> I mean... You know, he's, I mean, it's just, it's just, and, and his temper, how he just, I thought, you know, for a guy who wasn't, a, you know, think about it. Johnny Sack uh, wasn't a trained actor. I was, was Paulie a, tra- I mean, was he like, I know he was in the can. Did he just like find this, this way, Tony Ciro? Did did he just find it? Yeah, he had done some stuff, but you're right. I mean, he was a criminal. Like he, like you said, he's been in the can before. He knew these guys, he knew this world, kind of stumbled into acting and he clearly was authentic, right? Yeah, and, and I mean, look when he when his car horn comes up, and it's playing the the Godfather music, and he tries to pick pussy up to take him for the Schwitz, you know, it's the, the, the I wish I could get that I wish I could get that sound on my car. I love that. That's like the best. Uh, you're a little too worried about what I give you. Worry a little more about what you, you give me. That's another one you can use in everyday life. Uh, thank you so much for checking out the GM Shuffle. As always, you can hit us up. Let us know which of those quotes you liked. We're, we're building up, obviously, to Tony. Let us know which character you want to do us next time. M Lombardi NFL on Instagram and Twitter, and myself, Adnan Esferic. Last thought for me, because I saw you tweet it, and I quote tweeted every day Mike tweets uh, lyrics from Bruce Springsteen, The Wrestler. One of my favorite movies, and I love the song that Bruce did for I love the lyrics that you tweeted today. And you know, it's funny. If you listen to Mickey Rourke talk about it, Mickey called Bruce on the phone and said, hey, I'm doing a movie. And Bruce said, what's the movie about? He said, well, the movie's about a wrestler, but it's really about me. And that's the only thing Bruce knew about the movie. And he wrote those lyrics. You know, it's just remarkable how how he could do that. I mean, and I love that. I mean, I love that. So I love, to me, I just based on the mood that I'm in in the morning, I'll just tweet some because Bruce's lines are just, not that some other writers aren't, but for me, it's kind of like every morning when I would be at work, when I had to go into office, I would always have a quote of the day and put it on my daily calendar. And now it's just, I, I like having a Bruce quote of the day to kind of get me started into the day. So, but the wrestler loved it. I thought Marissa Tomei was perfectly cast for it. But Mickey Rourke, did you ever see, speaking of Mickey Rourke, have you ever seen, this is an all-time great movie. It's it's probably too old to see. But did you ever see uh, the one with he and Kathleen Turner in Body Heat? I haven't. No, I thought you were going to go Pope of Greenwich Village. Of course, that's a classic, Eric Roberts. I've not seen Body Heat, no. Body Heat might be one of the greatest movies of all time. It, it's 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 so well-written. It's uh, Kathleen Turner is stunningly beautiful in it. It's the old postman always ring twice theme where, you know. Oh, with William Hurt? It's with William Hurt and he and, and he and her conspire to kill the wealthy guy, her, her husband. But then it takes, as my my dear father-in-law Stosh used to say, it takes a bunch of twists and, and they're really good. But Mickey's in that and Mickey has a great line in that. He says to William Hurt when he asks him for advice on how to kill the guy, he says, you know, when you try to kill somebody, you know, there's 50 ways that you could fuck it up. And if you're a genius, you can think of 20 of them, but you ain't no genius, <laughs> which is telling him, hey, don't fuck, don't do it. It's a great, great movie. It's it's an old, it's early. I saw it in college 
And when I left the theater, I never thought I would hate somebody as much as I hated Kathleen Turner for what she did to him. So if you could ever rent it, I would recommend it. Yeah, I remember 1981, Lawrence Kasdan. I've never seen it, but I'm aware of it. And once you mentioned The Postman Always Rings twice, I do remember it was a remake and erotic thriller. So definitely one to check out. All right. Thanks so much for checking out the GM Shuffle. Please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe, rate, and review. Give us some love there five stars and, and hopefully spread the word. We'll be back next time. A last thought from our friend Joe, our producer, also saw the Redskin Potatoes. I mean, come on, Mike, what are we doing? Redskin Potatoes? That doesn't roll off the tongue, right? No, no. 